Okay, so Pasuk Vav. We're having Marshal Umalitsa Divrei Chacham Vichidosam. To understand, here's chapter 1 or 6 in Proverbs. We're having Marshal Umalitsa to understand analogy and expression. The words of the sages, Vichidosam, and their riddles. So they're going over here. So that's a very big Yisod. So that these two halves of the, of the Pasuk, we got two halves. Moshul Melitza is one, Vichidosam is two. So those two parts, one speaks to the Torah Shebek Sav. And one speaks to the words of the sages. What the sages say. So, and they work very, very differently. There's, there's a, uh, there's an, there's a similarity between the two of them. They're both comprised of two parts, and the two parts are pneumius and chitzonius, internality and externality. But we're going to see that there's a very, very key distinction. So first with the Torah Shebeksav. Torah Shebeksav is comprised of Moshul Umalitsa. Moshul, analogy. It's a Moshul, we spoke about it recently. That a Moshul is something that is easy to understand. Something anyone can understand a Moshul. That's right. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the tweezers, right? Where the Moshul itself, the analogy... Is some very very simple story, maybe about some king and his son, or or uh, uh, laundering one's clothing, or some other very simple day to day thing. Then, then the concept that lies behind the marshal, which is called the nimshal, yeah, that one is very very fine, very hard to understand, right? So that's the chitzonius and the pneumius, the external part. And the internal part, the marshal is the external part, the revealed part, the easy to grasp. And the melitza is the expression, the actual thought that lies behind the marshal. So in the Torah, Shebek Sav, the way it works is, the actual words of the psukim, says the gon, are being referred to over here by Shlomo Melech as the marshal. Why? Because the words of the Torah, seemingly, at face value, are very simple. Easy to understand. Right? Like, you talk to people that are not involved in learning of Torah. They say, what? What's so difficult? Here, let's open up, let's open up a Torah, and I'll show you. Right? And they, they open up to Deuteronomy, right? And they'll read a few verses. Seems pretty straightforward. Right? Any child can uh, <coughs> read the Torah, translate, as long as you got some Hebrew... Right? You can read, translate, there you are. But then, obviously, that is the externality. The, the internality is deep, deep, deep. Right? Hard to understand. So that's the Moshul Namalitza. The outside of the Torah is written in such a way that it's easy to grasp. And therefore, it's called a Moshul. The inside of the Torah is difficult to understand. That would be the nimshal, or in this case, or here it's being referred to as the melitza. 
the very opposite. Nimshal is Melitza. Nimshal means the, uh, not the analogy, but the thing being analogized. You know, That's what Melitza would be. And, uh, and here, yeah, Melitza yeah, is, is an expression, but uh, a saying. So when you say, when you say, you're saying straight, you're actually saying the concept. You don't say, the, you either make an analogy or you say. So this is the analogy and the saying. The saying means the concept that lies behind the analogy, explains the Vilnagom. Okay? The opposite of this is true when it comes to the words of the sages. Here, you have Divri Chachamim, the words of the sages, Vichidosam, and their riddles. Chida is a riddle. Now, a riddle also is the external part of something. If I have an idea that I'm trying to convey, right? I make a riddle. The riddle may be about, (coughs) I don't know, um, something sweet inside uh, inside of a very scary thing, right? Whatever it is. Right, that that would be the riddle, and the point is, I'm trying to explain to you about how Hashem runs the world and how strictness really is a way of delivering kindness. Let's say something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So the so the riddle is the external, and the divrei the actual content, the words of the sages, that's the internal. Okay. So far, we're very, very similar. Both have external, both have internal. But notice something very important. A marshal analogy is something that anyone can understand. It's meant to help you connect and bring you in. Whereas a riddle, a riddle, is exactly the opposite. Meant to keep you out. A riddle is meant to that you're meant to not understand. Riddles are like a nut; they're hard to crack. Right? If you know what, if, if you already know the answer, then the riddle is easy. Riddle is like a code, right? So it's a way for me to convey information to you without the other guy understanding it. Right? So if you and I know are privy to what's going on. I can say something that to him it'll be completely nonsensical. Mm-hmm. It'll be perplexing. You will understand <coughs> what I mean because you know the inner content. So, therefore, the chida is the opposite of a mushroom. Yeah? Yeah. Says the Gon, that's why the order over here in the Pasuk is reversed. With the Torah Shibik Sav, it starts with the mushroom. First, you've got the analogy and advice, and it invites you to get some sort of a grasp first, simplistic grasp perhaps, and then you can work your way deeper in and try to understand the, the deeper meaning of the Torah, the Melitza. But when it comes to the words of the sages, it can't work like that. It can't be the, the Chida first and then the Divrei Chachamim, because you'll never make it past the, past the riddle. Right? So it actually works the other way around. It's first you have to know the Divrei First you have to know the, the inner meaning of what they're coming to say. And then you're given the external trappings. You're given the riddle 
that will be the vessel that will carry this message. So the order in which one learns the words of the sages and the order in which one learns the Torah are reversed. Yeah? The Torah is very fine and good. Five-year-old boy sits down, starts learning Chomish, five to ten, go through the entire Chomish, get a good, simple <coughs> understanding of the of the of the marshal of the stories of the of the simple words that are that are going on on the page, and then you could go deeper and deeper. With the words of sage, it doesn't work that way. Oh, I just want to read all the all the words of the Agadita that are that are found in the Midrashim, and the, the, and then afterwards I'll try to understand. It. What do you have? You, you, you have nothing. A marshal in the Torah, Shabbat Sav, there you've got something. You learn a marshal, you understand. You did, you did understand it. And on some level, those words will be true. The marshal will carry out to the nimshal just in a more refined, sophisticated way. But you learn a bunch of riddles, you know, what's black and white and red all over. Right? You, you have no idea what any of those words mean. It's useless. Because yeah? riddles are meant to keep you out. So rather, what you do is you have to learn first the inner meaning, and then you'll be given the riddle as a way to carry it around with you. If, we're, <clears throat> if, if we sit down, open up Chumash, and just read yeah. somewhat as you were, as you were describing with, uh, with certain people, yeah. and then you can translate it and whatnot, yeah. that... That has a value. Yeah, You'll understand something. It, you will understand. I, I thought we said, and, and, and maybe if that's, that already answers the question, but I thought we said with Mesil Shasharim that if, if, if uh, or maybe, no, no, Derek Hashem, maybe, you know what it can be to our learning, that if, um, if someone's just sitting down and just reading and not understanding, it's not really uh, attaining or acquiring. Not really. But even that, he says, he says the Higayon. Just literally just pronouncing the words of the written Torah. Just sitting there reading the words themselves. Mm-hmm. Is a mitzvah, midaraisa of Talmud Torah. You're fulfilling mitzvah. But with the words of the Chachamim, you read a bunch of Agadata. Right? In, in the Talmud. You open up the Talmud, you read a bunch of Agadata. You don't understand a single thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Now Talmud is dependent, like the Derech Hashem said, on what? An understanding. Talmud means learning, analysis, understanding. The words themselves, so what? That doesn't carry value. Right? In the words of the Chachamim, the value is in understanding. So even if someone is able to read Rabbi Akiva says whatever he says, the the Well, Let's say let's let's take an example. The Midrash Osios de Rabbi Akiva, the letters of Rabbi Akiva, mm-hmm. right? Very very deep 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 Midrash, and the guy sits down. He's gonna he reads it for five hours. He doesn't understand a single word. Oh, it's incredible, right? What are you doing? You, you read a bunch of riddles. You have no idea what, what happened, right? Better stick to the Torah Shabbat to the written Torah, where the external is like a marshal. <coughs> the external has a value. It gives you a simplistic, perhaps overly simplistic, but very simplistic, but simplistic, but, but an understanding nonetheless of what's going on. Okay. Whereas with the Jivar HaChamim, it has to go the other way around. It has to begin with a level of understanding, and then you'll be like, oh, what's black and white and red all over? 
the New York Times. Right? So. Then, R-E-A-D. What? R-E-A-D. Well, depends on, it might be R-E-D. If they're, if they're writing about, Talking if they're, they're writing about, uh, you know, President Trump or, uh, I don't know. It could be a communist manifesto. You're saying the New York Times, right? So you could say red. Red is your riddle. Oh, there you are. Right. Okay. So, this, so these are. So the point is, until you know what's going on, you have no idea. Right. Right. So that's why. So how are we ever to do this? You have to have a rabbi teach you. The, the, meaning the rabbis, the Jiver Chachamim, are encrypted. So They're encrypted. Is, so unless you're given a key, unless these riddles are opened up to you by a teacher, you just. Scraping a concrete wall with your fingernails. Yeah. So to get a real understanding of it, we shouldn't do it alone. Right. You need someone to explain to you what they're saying, and then you'll see it in the riddle. Even English translation. Well, that's actually that, that you're not really getting anything, right? Because you're you're not even reading. Well, the, the, the someone just translated for you. Well, no, again. Someone translated. We're talking about the words of the Chachamim. Those are not holy. The, the riddle itself has no holiness to it. The only holiness of the words of the Chachamim is the concept that lies behind. Remember, it's it's in the category of Talmud Torah. Okay. Talmud learning. Okay. Learning depends on the Derech Hashem says understanding. In the Torah Shabbat Sav, in the written Torah, mm-hmm. the actual words themselves have a holiness to them. Reading them has a power. Mm-hmm. If you understand them a little, just simple understanding, that's great. That's called limud, learning. It's also something because you're grasping the emotional. Simple understanding has a value. Right? There's more and more and more to be gained if you understand it as well, deeper and deeper. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the Jivrei Chachamim, the only value is an understanding. The external is just a shell. It's, ju- it's just a outer... Husk to keep somebody out, to keep someone out from understanding it, and like the the, the <coughs> Chazal explains the reason why Chazal did such a thing is because since these are such deep wisdoms, they wanted to encrypt them so that people that are not fit to learn them will not have access to them. So it, you need someone to unlock this knowledge to you. And that person is not meant to unlock it to you unless you are fit, unless you're worthy. So English translation doesn't count as that? It depends on what they're doing. It depends on how, what, first of all, what form they're translating. Just a straight translation? No, because if I translate for you a riddle into another language, it probably only makes it even more difficult. No, I mean, right? I guess like with... If, I mean, Derek Hashem takes some liberties with his translation. Or I guess uh, books in general take some liberties to give a general understanding of it, right? To have, have, people, have it be relatable to people to understand so it. If someone, writes a, if someone writes a commentary on the words of the sages, take words of the, let's say, take for example, Varden Feldman's The Juggler and the King. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So those are clearly riddles, right? And yet, Hormuz was running on the battle, on, 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 the, on the, what's it called, on the, on the walls of the city of Mahuza, and he's jumping over the river, and he's juggling, you know, cups of wine, and, right? and then 
the Vilna Gon explains what all those things means, or until took it, translated, elucidated, explained it, published it, right? So now you so to a certain extent, Ravarn Feldman is teaching you the inner meaning, and then you can look at the riddle and be like, oh, okay, that that's that's what that's what these words are saying. That would be an example of where you could actually Where a teacher let something. you in, he taught right. you the Yivichachamim, and now you're able to look back in the Gemara and say, oh, that one line that is completely cryptic and nobody could possibly understand, that's what it meant. Okay. Okay. So that's the order. this translation here. Well, this is... Th- no, but this is... This is Torah Shibik I know, but if there's zero explanation... But again, but it's Torah Shabbat so it means it has a simplistic understanding as well. If you read this, right, there are less, there are people who read, you know, the, you know, Proverbs or, or Ecclesiastes, and there is a certain, and and it and it has a value to it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's Torah Shabbat Torah Shabbat is written in such a way that the external part of it also has a value, it has an understanding. You read it, you do understand it on some level. There's much greater depth, like the Vilna Gon just showed us, right? We would have just read it to me, uh, read it quickly to understand what the, the, the Torah is talking about. Okay, next pasuk, right? Now go and open it up for us. Incredible, but even on a simplistic level, you just take, take a regular translation of Proverbs and you read it, and it has a, it has a, a nice, uh, meaningful lessons for a person in, in, in life. Whereas you pick up a uh, you know, a gadata in the Gemara, you pick up a midrash, and those things don't make any sense. Understand? So the awe of Hashem is the beginning <coughs> of knowledge, wisdom, and Musar um, reproach, Evilim, which the Gon explains, Evilim comes from a language of people that are poric all, people that throw off the yoke of heaven, Bozu. So these people, these Avilim, these people who have no Yerushamayim, um, disparage Chochmah and Musa. Wisdom and self-discipline, maybe I should translate Musa and self-discipline. Okay? So obviously a contrast being drawn between someone who has Yerushamayim, Yerushashem, right? Versus the opposite, these Avilim who are the opposite. They don't have Yiras Hashem. They are poric all. So personal who so Yiras Hashem is the Rashis Das. Is the beginning of knowledge. Whereas a person who doesn't have Yirashamaim will disparage wisdom and self discipline. Okay? So says the Gom First of all, in what way is in what way is Yiras Hashem the beginning of knowledge? 
So like the Mishnah in Perkyavo says, Kol shiiras chetol kodemes lechachmaso, chachmaso miskayemes. Anyone who has a fear of sin that precedes his wisdom, then his wisdom will persevere. It'll it'll stay. So the goal explains. First, I'll give you guys a marshal, a simple understanding that we're familiar with. Then we'll then we'll understand what the goal is saying. Yeah. So marshal is if you were ever at some sort of an event and someone says, "Hey, you got to meet this guy. He's really great." Um, I don't know, he gave me he gave me a ride last week to the airport. With, so he's like, so he's, stick out your hand. Hey, how are you? He says his name. You say your name. And literally, as you let go of the man's hand, you realize you have no idea what his name is. Right? Like, if, if at that point he was to be actually speaking with you, you'd be like, oh man, I'm in a conversation with him, I don't know his name. Right? Now, why don't you know his name? He just said it. What? Didn't take the time to remember it, or it wasn't important enough for the That's time. right. That's right. <clears throat> we remember things that are important. Right? Our brains are highly trained <clears throat> filtering machines. Right? And the things that are not important never enter into memory banks. So Pella, I heard, I heard, I heard a number of stories actually about Chaim Kanievsky about this. That. Uh, I mean, he was notorious, famous for this incredible memory that he, I mean, you could literally ask him where does the following word appear in the entire you know, Shas or you know, he identify all the places I mean, his memory was, was out of this world so apparently when it came to matters of this world he was literally had like zero memory. Like someone would come to him and then like talk about something about I don't know, something that had to do with let's make up something about his apartment, right? And then like as the person would be leaving, he would ask the person with him, like, what were, what did he asked me to do again? Like, what were you talking about? Like you would literally have zero it was because he was so hyper focused. The only the thing he cared about was Torah, and everything else was completely secondary. He couldn't remember like their, you know his home <coughs> phone number. Like right, is a he would he would eat and then afterwards ask his wife like wait what did I eat so I should know like what what bracha to make. He wouldn't remember what meal he ate. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, so again, so it comes from this concept that we remember the things that are important. Yeah. The so that so now the going connected to a concept that the Gemara has such a principle. So, see, theoretically, you need someone to testify to you about a certain event, whether this did happen, it didn't happen, was a thing left unattended, was not left unattended, whatever is the case. So the principle that the, the, the Gemara uses, milsa delo rami alei lav adaite, something that is not incumbent upon a person, 
it doesn't pay attention to. It means if it's not your responsibility, if it's not important for you, then you cannot be trusted to tell us what happened. What's the name? Milsa. Milsa. Dulo Rami Alei. What? Incumbent. Matter which is not incumbent upon a person, love adaite, is not upon his mind, it's not in his mind. So that means he cannot be trusted to tell us about this event, what happened, because it's not, he doesn't care. So he might be misremembering. Yeah? So the Golan says that this is the concept of why Yiras. Hashem is the beginning of knowledge because if you have Yiras Hashem, then you're gonna have, then you're gonna care about the Torah that you're learning. It's gonna be very, very important. If you ever had, you know, like a like an important Shaila, uh, you know, you, you asked some rabbi, right? Like you, it was very important. Your wife was, you know really needed to see, to know if she could do this or, or not, and, and, and you went, you discussed it with him, and he explained to you why it is okay, or why it's not okay, right? You're very likely to remember that, right? Because it was important to you. Um, the Gemorian Gittin has another statement, that if, if a person makes a mistake in a halacha and then finds out about it, so you must stop, you actually do something wrong, then you'll for sure remember it afterwards. Because you're like, oh man, like I, ah, I really have to remember that. Right? So, um, whereas, things that are, things that a person feels is not incumbent upon him. He doesn't really, it's not so important. You know, you're learning, say you're sitting down, you're learning the laws of, of sukkahs. Right? And you're thinking, eh, I already have my, I mean, he may not be thinking this actively, but this is in the back of the mind, right? I have my sukkah, I know where I put it, right? I've got my, you know, slats and whatever it is, I already have all that stuff, right? So when he's learning, it's like, okay, sukkah, it's all just getting confused, because he's not learning this as, like, my life depends on, getting this right, you know, like, the way that one would be, I don't know, learning a, uh, a manual for, for a, uh, a race car that he's about to drive, right, like, yeah, if you have to know how to operate this thing, you will make it your business to know it very well. Isn't it, 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 isn't it also certain things resonate with people more than others? The reason why they resonate is because they are central to the person's life. I think important. Somebody can know that something is important, and as a result, they, they like for a test. Somebody has a test that they have to study for for, for a class. That's very important, and they pass that test. Yeah, and what happens with that knowledge the day after that? <coughs> what I'm saying is, is that they're going to invest the time, they're going to invest the energy to try to understand, and at least for the test, right? Um, and then afterwards, maybe they forget it, but at least at that time, they're going to try to invest the energy to sure. understand and internalize it. Okay. But maybe the, that stuff doesn't inter- it doesn't resonate with them. Doesn't internalize. Right. So, so it's not really important to them. It's just important to them to get a good grade on the test. No, if somebody like really, if so, if somebody, you're saying liking is 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 equivalent to to uh, importance. 
liking is equivalent to importance? I don't know about that. People can know like certain things are important that they have to do, but that, and they're going to do it, and and maybe they'll like do it on a regular basis, but that doesn't if they if they have to like it. If they, if they if they if people have to do mitzvahs in general, and they understand the importance of it, even if they don't um, understand the deeper meanings of it, if the person if he'll still do it, right? But if if it's important to him. He'll take, he'll pay very close attention to it, right? And he'll and he'll he'll really, um, you know, place his attention on it, place his focus on it, and and get it. If if he's if he's not very interested in it, interest can arise from from a variety of reasons, right? Interest can arise because you know you're gonna make a lot of money from this. Interest can arise because you know there's a danger if you don't know it. Interest could could be because uh, because your mind finds it very fascinating. Right. If somebody can, there could be there could be many reasons for the interest. Right. But the point is that if it's something that you're interested in, then you'll get it. If it's something that you're not interested in, then you won't get it. You're, but you're you're categorizing. You're, you're saying it, it can only be one or the other in terms of importance. I'm I mean, saying one or the other. Of course, the gradient. I mean, there's, there's not, things are not only either super interesting or completely disinteresting. No, it's either important or it's not important. But it could be somewhere in the middle. There's a gradient also. Mm-hmm. Okay. We experience that every day, right? So the point that he's saying is that if a person has a Yiras Hashem then it becomes crucially important to have knowledge of the Torah. And by the way, the knowledge, the Das over here, why the Das, as the Gon explains back in Pasuk Base, as you recall, we had Le Das, Chochma Umusr. So the Das is the vehicle for the getting of the Chochma and the Musr. So he wants to have the Chochma. He wants to be able to self Discipline, self-control, that's the Musr. So therefore, he's going to be placing his mind, he's going to be placing his knowledge on the Das, he's going to be paying attention to it, right? And he's going to get it. Whereas the the Evilim, who don't care, they're pouring coal. You know the guy sits in the base Midrash, there are such guys, he sits in the base Midrash for eight hours a day, learning, but he doesn't care. He does. He's not in trepidation. What if he won't know? He won't know uh, what is the will of Hashem in the situation. Then it'll be in one ear out the other. Sorry, did you say why it has only das for? Das is the vehicle. Versus... The gold explains that back in pasuk base. Yeah. Pasuk base. We have das chokma umusur. Das. Is the vehicle for acquiring Chokhmah and Musa. So, Yiras Hashem. So, the thing itself is the Chokhmah and the Musa. Vilim disparage that. They, they have no Hashivas for that. Whereas, the Yiras Hashem, he wants that Chokhmah and that Musa. Therefore, therefore, he's gonna have Das. He's gonna be, he's gonna be paying attention. Mm-hmm. In other words, what we've been saying, right? And and therefore, he's going to acquire that Chochmah and that Musr. 
he's going to become wise and he's going to change himself because it's important. Someone who's a poric old sit for eight hours in the base midrash and he's going to walk away unchanged. That's why before we start learning, Chazal gave us a beautiful Yehiratzon to say, right? Where we, a little, little prayer that we say to Hashem, Hashem, please help me. I want to learn your Torah. I want to understand properly, right? By doing that, we imbue ourselves. This is important to me. And since this is important to me, then as I learn it, I'm going to be, it's not just going to be a, hey, what's your name? Yeah, okay, I already, meantime, I'm already looking at the buffet table, right? Barely heard the name, right? It's when you meet a guy that you know, this is an important business contact, mm-hmm. right? The moment you're like listening to every syllable that comes out of his mouth as he's pronouncing his nine-syllable last name, Jaklawaski, right? You got that? Like a pit bull, right? Like you got that name. Because it's important. It's our level of awe. That's right. There's the gradation there too. Like Yosef is using the example of you got to take the test. Yeah. It's not that you're not trying to acquire that knowledge to pass the test, but you don't have that same level that you want to carry that with you tomorrow. You only want to carry it with you today because the the test test is today. That's right. So that gradation and that level of fear is completely different. <coughs> yeah, right. But Even I'm saying though what you're saying is it's here, important. it's still important. Right. We're not saying it's not. That's important. What's important is the test. It's not important the knowledge right. itself. Exactly. Right. But I'm saying there, there is some semblance of making something important even if you don't care for it. Oh, right. Definitely. But it's still a different level of law or euros or whatever that is. It's that right. level of fear is still a little bit different because you're not taking it as serious. Right. You'll let your focus be a little bit off or a little bit less than the other. Right. I guess the, the challenge, and I'll speak for myself personally, is that every single action that a person has in life, not just with Torah, but every single action is essentially, it has to be like, essentially have that starting point of I'm doing my action in front of Hashem right now. And they're really, if, if that, I want to be able to make sure that I'm very meticulous in terms of how I speak or how I communicate or what I do in terms of not, not even just a mitzvah, but in general, just how I act right, every day. Right. So if every, if every one of my actions has to be... No, like no, no, hold on a second. No, 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 hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yosef, Yosef, you're going into a totally wrong direction. Right? How, but is that... I'm explaining to you. Listen. Okay, all right. Listen. Okay. Say, say a person is... Um, The Mishnah says, make your learning kva and your involvement in Olamazeh alright. Right? So kva means permanent, established, unwavering. Involvement in, in matters of this world should be alright, should be more uh, secondary. Right? So, um, say a person has to, he's going to spend an hour learning Torah where he is learning something very, very important. He's, tomorrow you're going to buy your esrog and so today you're sitting down for an hour and you're learning about what invalidates an esrog so you can look out so that you don't buy an unkosher esrog and end up not fulfilling the mitzvah of Arba Minim, right? So you're sitting there hyper-focused for that hour trying to understand, you're sweating, you, you, and you got every detail down. Afterwards, you, you're going to go for an hour, 
maybe looking into a, I don't know, which car to buy, right? So now, you say, okay, a Ford, a Toyota, uh, this one has a little bit more horsepower, this one's a, so, so you do that also, but it's not as important, you, 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 you're more relaxed, you're not as hyper-focused because it's not as important to you, right? Some people, it's the other way around. Right. When they're researching cars, the guy's like a, the guy's like a, like a, like a brilliant, he's like 10 sources he doesn't trust, like, wait, let me look up who, is the, who wrote this article, I'm not sure, like, let me check... But with the Torah, Rabbi, just tell me, just Rabbi, just just tell me which one to buy. Like, hey, is this one okay? Like, what do you mean? Is that how you buy a car? But I think what Yosef was saying, though, I hear you're right. You, there's two different things going on there. But you were just trying to say every one of my actions deserves a certain amount of respect, and I should act a certain way. Sure. Right, but it sounds like what you're saying, Rabbi Shulman, is that like, at least when it comes to that we should have a, a, a big enough divide and differentiation yeah. when it comes to Torah, at least like it's objectively. Again, Torah it's values. Things. It's values. Yeah. Everything in life is about values. What is, certain things are more important, yeah. certain things are less important. We mm-hmm. have to be involved in with less important things as well. Mm-hmm. But is the level to which you value this is the level to which you're going to take it seriously and you're going to remember it and it will stay with you. So what he's saying is that a person who is a Yiras Hashem, so then he's going to have that, that important beginning of, that's the foundation for the learning of his Torah. Right. Whereas Evilim, who do not have the value of the Torah, so they end up disparaging it, meaning to say, not even necessarily actively saying, I think this is garbage and whatever. But, but inevitably, they're going to forget, they're going to slip, they're going to, they're going to, you know, not give it the proper respect because they don't have that awe. All right, so that is. Can I add one, la- one last point and then just move on? We don't even have to discuss it if you don't feel like it's not appropriate. But it, for, my, for me personally, like if I'm going to be, uh, oh, again, I'll go back to sports because that's what I, that's naturally like I'm interested in that. And I can say it as, as, as much that it's important to me because I know I enjoy it. Um, I'm much better equipped. I'm much. I'm able to retain something sports-related stuff for just reading through it once than versus Torah. But I'm going to invest more time and energy than I am to Torah. Because what you're having, with baseball yeah, oh, stuff. so I'll tell you why. Because what you're having is you're having a wrestling match between your intellect and your heart. Okay. Right. I mean, your intellect says sports is nonsense. Like, what difference does it make if the red team or the white team wins, right? They're, it's a bunch of men yeah. playing with a ball, right. right? What if they were jumping rope, right? And, like, well, you know, what if they were, what if they were, you know, uh, I mean, it, it, you know, these are not children, these are adults. Why are adults playing with a ball, right? Like, don't you progress after being a child, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what your intellect is saying. But your, heart, but your heart is saying, oh, but it's so much fun. It's so important. Like, are you kidding me? Look at that guy run. Like, that's really exciting. Yeah? Whereas, when it comes to learning of Torah, I'm not saying you. I know it's not the case with you, but somebody else might be. That the intellect is saying, my rabbi said that the Torah is very important. I should invest time into it. And I think he's right. My heart is saying, 
Yawn. This is so boring. I don't see any importance of this to me. This is not connected to my life. Right? So, so yeah. So he'll sit for eight hours in the base midrash and walk away with nothing. And then in a half an hour of reading the newspaper, you know, in the bathroom, the sports section, he'll remember every single word. Okay. So we're not talking about someone who, so we're saying a real Yerash Hashem is someone who actually, he's not just saying it to himself, he actually has Yerash Hashem. So then, that's going to be the thing that's going to propel him in his learning of Torah. Make sense? All right.